Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Day one of the postmortem of the Buccaneers 2022 season. Following their wild card loss to the Dallas Cowboys. And still, Byron Leftwich is your Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive coordinator. No change, at least the first day. Of course, it was a day of exit interviews for the players, physicals, all that stuff. We had a chance to talk to a few of them in the locker room, I guess, on Tuesday. Not not too many players really were in, in and out of that. We'll get to that in a minute, including Shaq Barrett. Um, but, you know, the, the burning question, I guess, that people have is, what are they going to do about this? You know, uh, wasn't good enough. Obviously, it was a really bad game that they had again on offense. You know, what was it, 66 passes, Steve? Is that mm-hmm. what Tom Brady had in this game? The most of his career? Think about that. Almost, I think it was something Second like Second most in NFL playoff history. Yeah, and the most he's ever had, which was, I think, almost 400 games, like 384-something games, including playoffs, never threw the ball this much. Not even when they came back, you know, and beat Atlanta when he was down 28 to 3 in the Super Bowl did he throw the ball this much. Um having said all that, the burning question was what you going to do about it? Is is Byron Leftwich is somebody going going to get fired, right? Um and it's sort of like the old where well, they used to have the old uh the show that what was Trump was famous for someone will go to the boardroom and they will be fired. Get fired. Kind of yeah, the apprentice. Yeah. The Apprentice, yeah. It's like someone's going to be fired. Well, but, but if anybody not... thought that Byron Leftwich was going to get fired today, mm-hmm. then you don't understand how the NFL works. Well, that's about everybody that listens well, to us. <laughs> I, and I'm not saying he You're won't insulting get, the audience. No, I'm now. not saying he won't get fired, but if you thought that he should be fired today, yeah. The Bucks, it's not like they're a team like the Colts or the Texans or the Cardinals, who have been out of the playoff contention for four weeks going down the stretch. That's true. And you get to the end of the season, and you've already made the decision you're letting everyone go or whatever you're going. The Bucs just played a playoff game. Like, Todd Bowles isn't worried about his staff. He was preparing for the Dallas Cowboys, and his thought was that today he was going to be preparing for the San Francisco 49ers. That was the hope. Mm -hmm. I mean, you weren't going into that week going – Okay, we're preparing for the Cowboys, but if we lose, I'm firing Byron Leftwich. No. Yeah. You're you're solely focused on you were a playoff team. You're not thinking about postseason coaching changes, personnel changes, scheme changes, anything. Yeah. At that point. You're you made the playoffs. And maybe you're eight and nine. And and they may very well replace Byron Leftwich. But, but you're it trying to beat the it, Dallas Cowboys. All your energy yeah. is on scheming, finding ways mm-hmm. to to exploit the matchups and, and to win a football right. game. All it, of it. That's so all you poured yourself into. You weren't firing them less than 24 hours after that game. Like I said, yeah. it may happen later this week. Two days from now or today. Yeah. It could be next week if they mm-hmm. decide to go that route. Right. But, you know, this was about we're still in this. It was Like I said, you weren't, you weren't a team that's been out of it for a month going into the end of the season. 
where the owners and the GM and the coaches all discussed this because the last three games didn't matter. Right. I mean, this was a team that made the playoffs and was trying to get to a Super Bowl. That's your sole focus. So anybody who expected Byron to be let go today, that wasn't going to happen. Like I said, mm-hmm. it may happen possibly tomorrow or whenever they do exit interviews or later this week, next week. I mean, mm-hmm. th- there's no rush to do it today either. That's the other part of it. Right. R- rarely do you have sort of this outcome unless it's already predetermined. I mean, mm-hmm. go back to when Tony Dungy was fired. They had been talking to Bill Parcells for two weeks, mm-hmm. and they had come to the agreement that Tony wasn't their guy. You know, unless unless he were to go on and win a Super Bowl that year, and he wasn't going to. They lost to Philly in a wild card round, as they usually did. Um, they were going to fire him. And so I had written the story, and it was already predetermined that if he lost, he was going to be gone. And sure enough, he lost, and they fired him. Bill Parcells didn't take the job ultimately, as we know, um, but they had already decided he was not their dude, and they were just waiting for the season to end. However, it mm-hmm. was going to end in the postseason. This one was a little different because um, you didn't know. I mean, looking back on it, we could say, "Well, they were never very good. No wonder they lost. This is who they were all year." But what if they'd have won the game? You know, mm-hmm. and a lot of people have written and said, "And there, look, there's reports. I'm not going to." call out other people's reporting because they might be right ultimately. But there's people that have said he's already been fired, you know, that essentially, oh, no, that decision was made. In fact, they were going to fire him in that bye week. And we wrote stories at the bye week about, you know what, if they don't win um, in Germany, if this thing continues to go bad, that might be it for Byron Leftwich. Well, you know what, They're, one of their best games that they played on offense all year was in Germany against Seattle. And then they had a bye week where they were going to fire him after one of his best games of the year. So – I don't know when these discussions, if any, were ever really held. I'll tell you this. I don't know anybody on that staff necessarily that thinks Byron Leftwich should lose his job. There are people that weren't happy with certain things, and, and I think everybody's evaluated after every year. You know, I mean, again, Todd Bowles didn't hire this staff. He inherited it, okay? Uh, he's worked on this staff. He knows all the men there. But that doesn't mean as a head coach he would have chose, you know, all of them for these positions. And that goes with offensive line coach. There could be a number of changes that are going to be coming now that Todd Bowles has a chance. He was hired on March 30th. He couldn't really make, you know, by that time, most of the coaches always had jobs and they weren't going to change anything. So now he starts kind of anew. Now he starts like every other coach in the NFL um, with, a, with you know, staffs getting released. There's four or five coaching staffs that are out there now looking for jobs. And so that pool is bigger and he has more people to choose from. So we'll see what happens to Byron Leftwich. And like I said, ultimately, you might be right. But if, if he is fired, I know some people that are going to be very upset. And I don't think it's a stretch to say that one of those would be Bruce Arians. Um, because I, I'm pretty convinced that Bruce Arians doesn't think that the, the, the deficiencies on offense were all on Byron Leftwich. Um, and the evidence of that is, what was Byron Leftwich doing when it was you know, pretty much the no-risk-it, no-biscuit version of the Bucks' offense? They were scoring about 30 points a game, and that's with Tom Brady the last two years. Not this season, but the two prior seasons. Now they dropped down to 18-something, and all of a sudden, you know, to Arians and people who support Byron, it feels like, oh, so now he's forgotten how to call plays. Now it's on him, you know? And we kind of talked about this the other night, Steve, after the game. It was like, Coaches are great, you know. They they can make a difference, man. 
in the NFL, really any sport, but the NFL, mm-hmm. it, it's a coach quarterback league. Oh, by the way, how's Bill Parcells or uh, Bill Belichick doing? Is he yeah. coaching his butt off these days? Because I haven't seen them in the postseason very long or what, very often. What is it, uh, 10 seasons now he's coached without Brady, including his yeah. time in Cleveland and that? How many How many championships has he won? Two playoff appearances, I think. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Had a whole coaching career in Cleveland before he got to New England and found Tom Brady in the seventh round. Mm-hmm. So it's funny how players, right, can make coaches look really good. They make all those X's and O's come alive. Prior to that, they're just, you know, squiggles on a paper. That's all they are. But you don't block anybody. You don't throw the football like Byron had his career, all that. Players play, coaches coach, okay? And he's going to, and listen, that's the job. It's a production business. But I'm just telling you, there's going to be a lot of people upset, starting with their former head coach, I think, if Byron Leftwich ends up paying the price for this. And there's nothing wrong, by the way, with Todd Bowles just simply saying, look, I didn't get a chance to hire my offensive coordinator. I have an idea about what I want to do. Um, I should be given that right. And and if the ownership agrees with him, he might make a change if, if he's not happy with the way things are going or the direction things are going. One thing he said that I thought was interesting, and he said it before, but it really kind of rings true, is that you know he didn't get involved in any offense. To be honest, he was there as a resource if they if they wanted to bounce stuff off of him, um, if they wanted his two cents worth about what they were doing against certain defenses and whatnot. But as he said to us, you know, just on Tuesday, look, they do the game plans, they call the plays. He goes, the worst thing I could do is try to interject myself and say, hey, you should call this or you should call that. You know, he says I'm there to decide if we're going to go for it on fourth down. Um, am I going to challenge a replay? Like all those head coaching things. But he goes, I'm not micromanaging somebody that spent all week, you know, devising a game plan. I'm going to come in here and tell you what to run. You know, he goes, I wouldn't, that's not what we do on defense. You know, there's nobody's going to tell me after I've studied all week, you know, what defenses we're going to implement. So he goes, I'm not, I'm not there to tell them, yeah, you should do this or you could, you ask suggest things. But in the end of the day, they have to run the offense. So, bottom line business, their points dropped significantly. Um, their touchdowns went from like 61 to 31. Think about that. I mean, it's almost like, you know, half, I think, um, you know, right in there uh, in terms of less less production, less touchdowns. So, in every stat, rushing last in the league, attempts last in the league, you know, can we just all agree that, it was a really bad offensive line, you know? And when I say bad, Tristan Wirfs isn't bad. And when healthy, there are times when Donovan Smith wasn't bad. But both those guys were hurt, and they lost probably the anchor of their offensive line in Ryan Jensen, which absolutely changed the whole season, you know? It just did. Aaron Stinney, too, by the way, saw him in the locker room on Tuesday. You know, all the injured guys come back. We had a chance to talk to Shaq Barrett who had the Achilles injury. Aaron Stinney played all the playoffs in the Super Bowl and might have been a good, you know, alternative at guard instead of Nick Leverett or Luke Gedeke. And and instead, you know, he was done for the year. And he might be back next season. But there were guys that, you know, had they were relying on that got hurt. Not a coaching problem. That's a personnel problem. Mm-hmm. 
that's just bad luck, you know. Now you can say, well, other teams have injuries, and, and they you're right, they do. The Kansas City Chiefs, I think, had about five different offensive linemen when they got to the Super Bowl. Good on them for making it, but they absolutely killed them when they got here. Mm-hmm. And it was 31-9. to nine. They didn't score a touchdown because that offensive line couldn't block anyone. Um, so I think you look at the players first. I think you look at, you know, how do we get better at these positions? And then, then you drill down, and it's what Todd Bowles told us. He said, you know, I don't have any assessment. I was like, what's your assessment of Byron Leftwich? Like, you know, surely you've thought about this during the year. And he goes, I don't have any assessment. Right now, we're just evaluating players. You know, they're doing their exit interviews. He said, um, you know, we're mostly, uh, we'll meet as a coaching staff later in the week. I'll meet with individual coaches as well as the staff like we do every year, and then we'll make those assessments then. Um, And he said, I don't want to sit here and say we're talking about things when I haven't talked over things with my coaches. Uh, We do it on a yearly yearly, um, uh, assessment just like uh, we did with the players, and that'll be later this week. So we're still days away probably from then even, you know, taking the time to necessarily evaluate every single assistant head coach or assistant coach. And will there be changes? I I think there's changes on every staff in the NFL. And and if you don't advance in the playoffs, everybody's unhappy. And and there's usually more changes for teams that don't make the playoffs and on and on. We've been on that end of it many, many years. So we'll just have to wait and see how this plays out as, as you know, everybody wants, they want the, you know, the guillotine now to drop, but it's, (laughs) They're they're not ready to do so. And ownership is also going to weigh in on this. I've told you sort of the experiences I've had with the head coaches that have been fired, and I've known a lot of them in advance of their maps actually being told. But, you know, there is going to be a meeting that's probably taking place today, tomorrow, the next day with Jason Light and the owners. And there'll be one with Todd Bowles and the owners. And maybe not at the same time or in the same room. Uh, but they're going to want to know, how do you fix this? What went wrong? How do we make it better? What can we do to make it better? The draft, free agency, what's your plan, right? Who's staying? Who's going? What happened? And I think the Glazers are very good about staying out of that, you know, during the regular season. They let their coaches coach. But now is the time when you start having those meetings. And those meetings will take place all week and maybe even part of the last, next week. Listen, when um, the one that stunned me, I'm not usually surprised. Like I said, I knew most of them before they did. But the ones that stunned me, one was Lovey Smith, who was only, you know, completed his second year. And, you know, he had Jameis Winston, and we know all know what, who Jameis Winston is and how he's played and how he's not played of late because of all the turnovers and things. But at one point, they were 500. I think they were, it would have been like six and six, I believe. And then they lost their final four games. Uh, part one of the reasons they lost them was they lost Quan Alexander for the final four games of the season. Their defense was really bad because the idea was to build around Jameis early and then invest in the defense. And they went from six and six to six and ten. And it was three or four days after the season. I think it was a Wednesday or Thursday at like 11 o'clock at night, we get a notification that they fired Lovey Smith. Mm-hmm. And that one was like, whoa, where did that come from, right? But that was even three days later. How about John Gruden having signed a three-year contract the year before and being 9-3, and three, and then 
not being able to win a game to make it to the postseason, finishing nine and seven, and three weeks went by. Listen to me now. One, two, three weeks went by. And I'm sitting in Pittsburgh in the snow at the AFC Championship game when Adam Schefter blows my mind. Breaking news in Tampa. Well, John Gruden, Bruce Allen, out with the Buccaneers. And John was so surprised, he called his agent, Bob Lamont. And Bob has about 100 coaches he's trying to get jobs for because he represents so many of them. And he calls, and John goes, hey, man, I just got fired. And Lamont goes, John, I don't have time for this. I'm too busy, okay? And he hung up on him. Hung up on him because he thought he was kidding. <laughs> he called him back. He goes, hey, man, I'm serious. <laughs> and so, you know, um, there's a lot of stuff that goes on. And sometimes it goes on, you know, not just days later, but weeks later. Uh, and I think, you know, there's going to be some some shuffling of the deck still maybe in the NFL. We know We know what jobs are open right now, and there's still some dominoes that have to fall, the first one being Sean Payton. Um, and you know, I've already written the Todd Bowles is staying. Could that change? Right. Cause well, one of the things I wrote was what if someone gets a crazy idea? Well, like, a crazy idea or the other part of this, and isn't, if I, my memory serves me right, this is what kind of right. happened with Lovey is yeah. the Glazers are going to sit down with Todd Bowles and they're going to they ask, did. how are you going to fix this? Uh, yes, they and, are. And if they and don't like his answer, right if they don't like yep. his answer, they may change their mind. And that's what happened with Lovey. That's mm-hmm. exactly what happened with Lovey. Lovey, Lovey went in and met with them, and he had some ideas about who he's going to bring in as a defensive coordinator and how he's going to fix things. And they just weren't buying it. It just didn't seem like it was going to work to them. They weren't impressed by it. They didn't know the names. They whatever. And then then he had a, they had a separate meeting with Jason Light, and it explained to them. You know, he, they explained to him where they were coming from, and. Ultimately, they didn't believe that Lovey was the guy that was going to develop Jameis and take him to a Super Bowl. And I think once an owner gets there and says, can I see you winning a Super Bowl for me? You know, if you get to a point with a coach that you have, you can't support them or you don't believe in what they're doing and you don't think they're going to win a Super Bowl, that's the time to fire the coach, right? And the question that the Bucks and the Glazers will have to de- determine is, does Todd Bowles have the plan um, can he build the coaching staff? Can he develop the players? Can we draft or sign the players that'll get us back to a championship? And I don't mm-hmm. mean just an NFC South championship, but a Super Bowl. And that takes more than just a head coach. But you still need to know what went wrong. You need to know from an ownership standpoint, what could we have done better? How could we have supported you? You know, what didn't we do? And why didn't we see this? And you know, what about your scouting department? If we needed more offensive linemen, uh, you know, what about the draft? What happened to Luke Gettick? You know, they don't want to know all those things. And if they're not satisfied with the answers and they don't feel like you've got the ideas going forward, then anything can happen. But they've never fired a coach after one season. And he did win the NFC South, whether you like the record or not. They they basically rested everybody in the final game. Would you feel better if they were 9-8, and eight? you know? Um but we know what they were. They were a resilient team with with a quarterback that, you know, kept them in games and, and won five of them in the final drive in overtime or the regulation in the fourth quarter. So this is who they were all season. They kind of were that team again, unfortunately, against the Cowboys. But I don't I don't sense that anything is imminent. And I would just say I think the Glazers again 
not that they're going to want a pound of flesh for this, but they're, you know, they wanted so badly for Tom Brady to to have the season, right, that he came back to have. And the thing that will upset them the most is that it was a heavy lift for Brady and that, and that they just didn't get back to where they needed to be. Yes, they won the division, but they weren't competitive in that game, and the the flaws were still there. So how do we fix this? And Todd Bowles needs to have those answers, and he needs to have them with Jason Light, and Jason Light needs answers too. Mm-hmm. He's got to go in there and tell the Glazers what went wrong. Well, and the so part that complicates this too is they're going to want – they're going to meet with Tom Brady. That's absolutely true. And they will mm-hmm. seek some of his, but not knowing if Brady will even be back. And Correct. so it makes that that decision making even harder, particularly if Brady has some ideas that are different than Todd Bowles or Byron Leftwich or Jason Light. Well, and if, but and there's no guarantee because Tom's not going to make his decision in the next couple of weeks when you're going to hire coaches if you choose to make a change, right? And so that that's a difficult line to walk there too, right? Because if say Tom Brady loves Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich, wants to keep them, mm-hmm. you do, but he doesn't come back, right? Or say that if he is coming back, he'd prefer a different coordinator. Mm-hmm. But the guy to develop a young quarterback might be Byron Leftwich, and then he decides he's retiring, and you've already changed coordinators. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, my guess is, and this is just a guess, you know, Byron Leftwich is left to his own defenses, his own devices, right? Like if he's just doing himself, he's going to be much more no risk it, no biscuit than we've seen this year. Now you say, well, how more risk it can you be? You threw the ball more than any team in the NFL, and that that part is true. Um, but they didn't throw it down the field as much. And the quarterback protected his offensive line because he wasn't getting protection himself. How do you have the most attempts in the league in 22 sacks, the fewest in the league? And it ain't because your offensive line is great, you know? Um, but they, they do need to ask things like, is he still mo- mobile enough in the pocket? He's never been a runner. He's never been a guy mm-hmm. like that. Um, and yet age is going to catch up to everybody. You know, is his arm still strong enough? It, maybe we need a new offensive line coach. Maybe we need a run game coordinator. You know what? If you're the run game coordinator, you're Harold Goodwin. How'd you do? Let's evaluate you. Oh, last in the league in rushing. Last in the league in attempts. Well, Harold will say and should say, hey, I don't call the plays. Well, you what do I know coordinate we last? when you run the ball nine times in a playoff game? <laughs> exactly right. That's right. What do you want me to coordinate? Like, right. You you. <laughs> I think we could run the ball fine if we would try, if we would run it instead of throwing it 60-something times. Um, you know, that's just unconscionable. And and it's a little disappointing, too, because Bull sat up there and will defend it. You know, he'll say, well, you know, it's not about being balanced. It's not about 50-50 or 70. And that, that part is true. Um, but he's like, you know, it's just that day, whatever you have to do to score points that day, well, it was that way every day. It didn't matter who the opponent was. You threw it 733 times with a 44-year-old quarterback. Like, that's that's sort of on you. You obviously don't care that much about running the football because you didn't try to run the football. I think it would be one thing if the attempts were there and, you know, just the yards per carry were bad and you just couldn't move people. But they didn't have the attempts, you know. To have 12 attempts in a game, which is already, I think the final was uh, at the very end, but for the longest time it was like nine attempts in the fourth quarter, nine rushes. And I seem to remember, and I could be wrong, 
Did Rashad White early in the game run for a first down? Like he had like a 10 or 12-yard run? Mm-hmm. So he, he made some yards. He made some positive yards. You know, you fall behind 6 nothing. Okay, that sucks. But I'm not going to abandon the run game. You fall behind 12 nothing. Oh, man. Now we're two scores. But you know what? With two scores and a two-point conversion, or even just kicking the extra point, I'm good. I'm going to be winning this game. You know, so wasn't like you were out of it. But uh, they've, they've got to make those decisions. And, and like I said, will it surprise me if Byron pays the price for this? No. Do I expect there'll be staff changes? I think there's always changes. You know, I think there could be some coaches that get these jobs in the next few weeks that say, hey, I want to take name the Bucks assistant with me to become a coordinator. You know, the same way that Mike Caldwell went to Jacksonville. Mike Caldwell was on this staff. He was a hell of an asset as an inside linebackers uh, coach. Well, he went to Jacksonville and became a coordinator, you know? So it doesn't mean they didn't like Mike Caldwell. He just got a better opportunity. Mm-hmm. And there might be some guys that like that are like that on the staff now. I, do I think there will be changes? I kind of do. Because I think the Glazers are going to want to know, tell me how we fix this. And if you say, well, we're going to do the same thing, we're going to do it better, mm, I'm not sure, you know. More importantly, what the question they're going to ask is, how do we get Tom Brady back? That's what they're really going to mm-hmm. ask. And you know what's you know what slays me is that the number of people that are like, "I'm done with Brady, move on, move on, move on to what?" Kyle Trask, Blaine Gabbert, you ready for that? Is that what you want? And just so we're clear. And and listen. I, I've seen Kyle out there. He's worked his butt off, and one day he's going to get his shot, and he'll probably be prepared for it. Whether he rips it or not, I have no idea. But to go from the most relevance this franchise has ever been and probably ever will be um, to a team with an unproven quarterback in his third year that's thrown nine passes in garbage time against Atlanta and only dressed twice, Brother, you're taking a big leap. And it's not just, you're not just doing it with the fans, right? Like the fans would be like, well, you know, we're in cap hell. Well, we don't have that many draft picks or we're picking 19th or whatever. Well, we'll go through it, you know, just get back to the mountaintop or whatever. Um, How about the guys that are laying on the line every week, the Chris Godwins or the Mike Evans, whose, whose football mortality is approaching? And you're asking them to what? Play along so that you can develop a quarterback like Kyle Trask? And Oh, yeah, we're going to lose some games. You're going to take a lot of bumps and bruises and some hits. And we'll be nowhere near the playoffs at the end of the year. But at least our guy, you know, new guy got experience. Um, so you, you just can't. You got to look at the whole team, man. You got to look at where your guys are at, what year they're in, what changes you can make in terms of personnel. They've got salary cap issues they need to discuss. You know, some guys are better bargains if they stay on the team than if they leave. You know, they're going to be restructuring contracts, and there's ways to get around the salary cap even now, even after three years of Brady. But there's a lot of decisions to be made, and you're exactly right, Steve. They have not done this because their full attention was on beating the Dallas Cowboys where it should be. Mm Mm-hmm. And and now they have to pivot and have these meetings and figure out, okay, what do we want to do going forward? 
All right, we got some really good news, by the way, on Russell Gage coming up in just a minute. But first, I want to remind you guys how to save money on your electric bill. You know that this is a good idea, and the solution is right here. It's called May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems for 12 years in the Tampa Bay area and all, really all the way through the state of Florida. In a field with all these fly-by-night companies, May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. Here's the difference. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30 year labor and services warranty think about that three decades something goes wrong they take care of it plus with every installation you get 750 dollars worth of surge protection for all your appliances that's what they call the made difference if you visit their hudson showroom may electric displays all their products they conduct on-site testing you don't uh, or you will be able to see exactly what they're installing and and this is important as well they don't use subcontractors all those guys up there on the roof uh, those are billy may's contractors and you know who's doing the job start saving today Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar. Here's the number, 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate, lower your electric bill, and preserve the quality of your appliances. It's May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. Brutal hit on Russell Gage towards the end of this game. I felt really bad for Russ because, you know, he was so excited about playing in his first postseason game. This is why he came to Tampa Bay you know, five years in the league, he was still waiting on, on that first playoff. And uh, it obviously didn't go well as from a team standpoint or even for him. But late in that game, he took a hit from uh, one of the safeties. Uh, and kind of, it, it wasn't really a dirty hit, but like the guy kind of No, because he fell his, down. I mean, he that's yeah. the hard part is he fell, fell down and was kind of leaning back and then the guy hit him. And the guy hit him while he was on the ground and he kind of, mm-hmm jostled his neck forward and 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 he, it looked weird like when he got up a couple times or tried to um he was a couple things happened to him in that moment uh he was concussed and and that was you know probably the worst of it and they also felt like maybe he had a neck injury and you never want to be uh you know sloppy about that you have to be very careful and cautious so um they got the card out they put him on a board they uh sent him over to Tampa General which is just a block or so away, and um, he spent the night. And they did a lot of tests, a lot of observations. And by Tuesday afternoon, you know, he tweeted thanks for all the prayers and all that. And he, in fact, uh, was scheduled to be released. And uh, the only uh, thing that they could find was not a neck injury, thank God, but just the concussion. When I say just the concussion, it was a really bad one. It's easy for me to say, um, but the concussion was was sort of the diagnosis there. So he'll be back on the road to recovery here pretty soon. But that was a scary moment. And, you know, a lot of his teammates obviously were worried about him. And it just sucked, too, because you're, like, almost through the season. Think about going through the whole year. You had a lot of injuries, hamstrings, and different things that knocked him out of games. And then you get to that final game, your first playoff game, and to have that happen was uh, was bad timing. But uh, but he's going to be okay. And, you know, that's that's the main thing. The Bucks signed a bunch of guys to futures contracts. I think 12 out of their 16 practice squad guys are signed, and that means that they'll be coming to camp uh, or have a good chance to start the offseason workout program. Bulls talked about wanting all his guys in that as voluntary, but he said it was important for them to be around the building and around each other. He thought that that would help with their culture, with their camaraderie and communication and things like that. So he challenged them, um, those that had personal trainers, do their own thing to 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 do more of it or as much of it as they can um, together. Because he said, you know, back in the day when he played, 
he was with the same Redskins group of players for eight seasons, and they got to be very close. And I think this team got really close during COVID because nobody could go anywhere. Nobody could work out anywhere. And so they, they ate all their meals together. They, you know, they had all their meetings. They lifted all that stuff in the off season. And Todd Bowles remembers that and thought that it helped them get, you know, very close as a team and they benefited from them. So that was his speech to his team. Um, you know, not much to glean about the future with respect to Tom Brady. They want to know as soon as possible. It's clear to me that they're not going to rush him because he says he made the decision too soon last year. But they're also going to go down the parallel tracks like they did a year ago where, okay, let's assume Tom Brady retires or let's assume Tom Brady doesn't pick us. He picks another team. What are we going to do? What are we, what are we looking at? And that's when Clyde and your offensive coaches have to spend a lot of time in the, on the film looking at every quarterback in the league that's going to become a free agent that might be available in a trade. Um, you know, we already know Derek Carr is one of those guys. He has a no trade clause, but the Raiders are definitely going to trade him. Maybe Justin Fields becomes available if the Bears decide to keep that pick and take a quarterback. So there's a lot of options that they're looking into right now. But um, that's kind of what this what this time of year is. You know, you, you've got to evaluate your roster and kind of figure out which way you're going forward. But, yeah, I just think it's just funny to me that, like, so many people, I say so many, it's probably the loud minority, just want to move on. <laughs> Let's just move on, man. Um, three years, it's been really good. That's enough from Tommy. Go, I, I think the go, Glazers would take three more years or ten more years of Tom Brady. Right? Right? And, and furthermore, why wouldn't you as a fan base? Like, what is it you think mm-hmm. you're going to get? You know, you're picking 19th in the draft. Could you get an Anthony Richardson from Florida there? Sure. And then now you have two products from the Gators, right? How, and either, I mean, how do you know if either one of them can play at this level? You're going to have to give them an opportunity and go through those bumps and bruises. But that's is that better? Is it better to have a rookie quarterback or a guy making his first NFL start? Is that going to make it more? Is that going to make it better to come to the stadium, come to Raymond James for that, or are you coming to see Brady and just to see if he can do the impossible? You know, remember people were saying the same things about Brady, and I know it's three years down the road, but I remember the pick six to Logan Ryan. I was, I know exactly where I was, is in my in-laws' house in Oak Lawn in Illinois, and I watched that and I said, "Wow, that could be the last pass Tom Brady throws," because. We knew he didn't have a contract with New England, and even back then there was a lot of speculation that he's just going to hang it up. Like, this looked bad. He looked bad. He's not making anybody better. Look at him on the floor, flailing around, you know, pick six. Ugh, what a terrible image to go out on. And of course, now we know he didn't because the next year he took his team to a Super Bowl 55 title and, you know, was tossing Lombardi trophies across the Hillsborough River. So it all worked out in the end, but... A lot of the things that are being said about Tom Brady right now were said prior to the 2019 season uh, up in New England because they thought he was done then. And and he may you know he may get to the point where he says you know what I'm going to retire and I, I think it'll be a while before we know about that because we learned about it last February 1st. I think we're going to be closer to the start of free agency. But in the meantime, the Bucks are going to look at all options. They're going to look at every quarterback that might become available in trades and free agency and everything else. And, you know, 
try to imagine life without Tom Brady in case that's the way it goes because ultimately Tom has that decision. That's not their decision. They just got to be prepared for it, which means they got to find a quarterback. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's kind of what's going on over there these next few days, lots of meetings, a um, couple more players. Brady will probably come in and talk to them a little bit. And at this point, I, I kind of believe that he doesn't truly know what he's going to do, but I'm sure he's got some favorite options right now. I'm sure he, he's going to get more opportunity now that, you know, the season is over. So, you know, the one thing we know he can do is call games on, you know, on Fox if he wants to. But as far as playing goes, I kind of believe him that he's going to take a little more time to really really assess things and not jump in anything. And I still believe that one of the best inside tracks to all of this is still the Buccaneers because of where he lives, where his children live, how accessible they are to that little municipal airport, um, and the fact that he's done it. He, he's navigated a football season when his kids weren't with him full time. And it sucked. Um, and we know what he went through, but Next year, it should be much better. If he stays here, he knows what that looks like. The kids know what that looked like. So that that might be the Bucks' advantage. We'll just have to see if, uh, uh, if that's the route he goes. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A big game to watch for your viewing pleasure. Steven Stamko still looking for goal number 500, the big milestone. They're at Vancouver tonight. That game, 10.30, Steve, is that when it starts? 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. So 10 o'clock. A little earlier, but yeah, late night, uh, you know, maybe it'll be an empty netter around 1 o'clock that he scores and gets <laughs> number 500. Uh, I love it. I'm surprised he tried so hard to get the empty netter when he was still here. But yeah, that, that goal is coming, and it's quite a milestone indeed, so... We'll listen to that. And then we're going to have a mailbag once you get your questions in. Boy, I didn't ask for any, but boy, have I gotten them already after mm-hmm. that game. People just venting like, woo, are they upset. Do you see the ratings on that game, by the way? 30 million, even with the 30 the million blowout. viewers. Yeah. that's I really believe that's the Cowboys. And Brady. And Brady. Cowboys and Brady. Yeah. I mean, Captain America and America's team right there. And Captain America lost, but. Uh, the people still showed up and showed out. And, and you know, ESPN held up their end of the bargain, too, by the way. They lobbied for that game uh, on Monday Night Football for a couple of reasons. One, they know what Dallas means to any television market. And then, two, you know, that Cincinnati-Buffalo game got messed up, and they don't have flex scheduling. So it was kind of a payback for that. But I credit ESPN because they did all their sports shows, all their live shows. They all came down here and treated this like it was a Super Bowl. You know, Stephen A. Smith did a couple of shows from the convention center and NFL Live was here and, you know, the whole countdown crew and everything else. They were all remote and local. And that was that was cool to see. You know, it really was. So we've got uh, your mailbag questions. You can send them to us if you haven't already at Sports Day TV on Twitter. You can send them to me on Twitter at NFL Stroud or my email address is rstroud at Tampa Bay. 
Com. Get some rest, Bucks fans. I know you need it. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.